The Blevins Franks Report with Rob Kay of Blevins Franks Wealth Management. Well, it's time now on River Radio where we talk to Rob Kay. I've been having a little gossip today before we came on air. We're talking about all this and that. Uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's the hot heat that's uh, make me loquacious. What do you reckon, Rob? <laughs> I think uh, I think there's been an out- outburst of uh, of being able to talk. Yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe I'm just you know in the summer mood. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, it's some time since we dug into our virtual mailbag of questions posed by the Riviera Radio listeners at Radio at blevinsfranks.com. Today, and I changed our usual format, and due to the large number of questions we've received about succession issues, we'll try to address some of them this morning. But before we select some of the more unusual succession questions we've been asked, what news, financial or other, caught your eye this week? Well, Howard French Notters this week released the latest data on the state of France's property market and, and it didn't really make for enjoyable reading. They announced an end to what has been described as the French property market's COVID-influenced golden age. This is a period of rising house prices driven by low interest rates and, unfortunately, they say it is finished and property prices are falling, which is clearly not good news for those who are looking to sell. But some see this as a, this so-called end to the golden age as, as quite simply just a return to the environment we had in the pre-COVID times. The number of housing transactions in France between May 2022 and May 2023 was 1,029,000. Now, that's compared to 1,880,000 in the year to May 2022. And since August last year, a month-on-month drop in house sales has been recorded um, or up to the end of 2022, and then since 2022 and the turn of the year, that fall has accelerated from 5%, and in April, the number of real estate transactions dropped by 12.6%, when the market is normally at its busiest before the summer period. Now, while we're on the subject of real estate, the deadline to register French properties was once again extended this week. The deadline had already been extended from its original date on the 30th of June to the 31st of July. It was then extended 24 hours to midnight on the 1st of August, but at the last minute, that was revised. The revised deadline was described as due to an overly optimistic target, and once again, it was extended, this time to the 10th of August. Now, we have to wait and see to see if that is also considered to be over-optimistic when the new deadline arrives next week. The housing market across the channel is also looking a little bleak, to say the least. Homeowners in the southeast of England have suffered the biggest jump in asking price discounts as mortgage rates have hammered the commuter belt hardest. Across the region, 8% of homes listed for sale had reductions of up to 5% or more in July. Higher mortgage rates are forcing homeowners to sell up fast as they come to the end of fixed rate deals and face rocketing bills. People who haven't really had to worry about money in the past now seem to be financially stressed and it's all down to a combination of inflation and higher interest rates. Ahead of the Bank of England's interest rate announcement on Thursday, the FTSE 100 slumped 1.4% to a two-week low due to a widely expected 14 potential increase in interest rates. The pound also suffered, and it fell to its lowest level since June. Stock indices also reeled following a combination of an impact of, of a surprise decision by fixed ratings to downgrade the US from its top level 
treble A credit rating on, on Tuesday and rising bond yields after a stronger than expected private employment data in the US and the announcement of a larger than expected auction of US government debt on Wednesday. US bond yields have hit nine-month peaks, while the coupon on a 10-year government gilt has risen four basis points to 4.44%. As usual, the start of a new month heralded a host of changes here in France. This month, paper receipts will no longer be given automatically at checkouts. The move is a bid to reduce waste. Apparently, 30 billion receipts are printed every year in France. Once again, this change was due to be introduced twice already this year, but it's been pushed back both times to give stores more time to adapt to the change. Unfortunately, there's been very little in the way of positive and happy news this week, Howard, so I'll try harder next week and find some positive, happy news for the holiday season. OK, there's a challenge. So, can you explain domicile and being a French resident? <laughs> well, the, there's nothing like jumping in at the deep end, Howard. Um, with its domicile of origin, domicile of choice and deemed domicile, the UK's domicile regimes are, are, are particularly difficult. Generally speaking, our liability to UK inheritance tax depends on our domicile rather than our residence. We could have lived away from the UK for years, but remain UK domicile, which makes us liable to death duties where we are resident, but also in the UK. We shouldn't forget, if we live outside the UK, but we have UK assets, they will be liable to UK inheritance tax if and when we die. Oh, there's nothing doubting, it's just when we die. However, if we're resident in France, the good news is a very specific situation applies. UK-situated assets are still liable to UK inheritance tax. Nothing can change that. But France has a very specific double tax treaty with the UK, which applies to inheritances and is designed to avoid double taxation. Both countries tax worldwide assets, but under the treaty, UK nationals who are French tax residents are deemed to be domiciled in France for inheritance tax purposes. That said, we do need to be careful with the EU succession regulations. Brussels 4 covers cross-border inheritance issues and it enables foreign nationals living in France to choose whether French or our country of nationality succession laws apply when we die. If we opt for UK law, we could find the UK does not recognise our French domicile and we would then be liable to UK inheritance tax on our worldwide assets, potentially as well as French succession tax. Since France first started accepting Brussels 4 back on the 17th of August 2015, this has been a thorny issue from a UK-France perspective simply because the UK, because of the UK's very specific domicile laws. Depending on your situation, there may be other, maybe better ways to circumvent French succession law, so I would strongly suggest taking professional advice when considering succession, inheritance and especially domicile. What are the tax implications when a French resident receives a UK inheritance? Um, UK residents can, can make gifts which are potentially tax-free. The, these are known as potentially exempt transfers, PETs. And if we've not lived in France for more than six out of the previous ten tax years, we can receive gifts from overseas, which still include the UK following Brexit, with no liability to French gift tax. And, thanks to the France UK tax treaty, that type of gift doesn't need to be formally declared to the French tax authorities. 
Now, if we receive an inheritance from a UK domicile person and our inheritance doesn't include any French assets, there are no French succession tax implications. In this situation, no French succession tax is payable because the deceased estate is subject to UK inheritance tax and due to the France-UK double tax treaty, the taxing point is the UK, not France. What are the tax differences between France and the UK? Um, that's, that's quite a complicated one, Howard, to be honest with you. The, in the UK, inheritance tax is calculated on the whole of our estate and the tax bill is paid by our estate before our beneficiaries see a penny of their inheritance. Now, spouses are exempt from inheritance tax, but otherwise it makes no difference who the beneficiaries are. After our nil rate allowance, which has been frozen at £325 since April 2009 and will remain frozen until 2028, a flat fixed rate of tax of 40% is payable. In 2017, the UK introduced an additional allowance called the Residential Nil Rate Band. It currently stands at £175,000 and it has also been frozen at that level until 2028. This allowance was designed to benefit families, but there are limitations. It only applies to UK residential property, which the deceased previously lived in and is being directly inherited by that person's descendants. The residential nil rate ban starts to taper away for estates worth over £2 million and it doesn't apply after estates exceed £2.35 million. In France, there is no succession tax between spouses and PAX partners, just like the UK, although, unlike the UK, gifts between spouses, while both still alive, are liable to French gifts tax. French succession tax is calculated and paid by each individual beneficiary. Everyone we leave assets to will have to personally pay French succession tax based on what they individually receive. The rates and allowances vary according to who are the beneficiaries, with immediate family being much better off than distant or non-relatives. Children pay tax at progressive tax rates starting at 5% and increasing to 45%, after their personal allowance of €100,000. At the other end of the scale, beneficiaries who have no blood relationship to us will pay a fixed tax of 40% after an extremely paltry allowance of just €1,600. This is obviously a major consideration for non-relatives, which importantly include unmarried partners and stepchildren. If we have adult children from a previous relationship, we frequently don't think of them as our spouse's stepchildren. But if we leave our asset to our spouse, who then passes them on to our children, when he or she dies, our children will incur a 60% succession tax bill because they are not children from the bloodline of the deceased. So they don't benefit from the 100,000 allowance and they'll have to pay tax at 60% on their inheritance. In my experience, the most simple and straightforward situation can quickly become complicated when the issue is succession. We need to decide what we want, understand all our options and do something because none of us have a crystal ball. None of us know when the Grim Reaper will come calling and this is not an issue that can be managed after the event because we just simply won't be here. Now for a few quiet specialist questions. John in Vance asked, can I leave my estate to my civil partner? Um, as John is asking that question from Vance, um, I will assume he's a French resident. Therefore, French succession law and tax will apply to, to his assets. The, the entitlement to inherit without a will 
only applies to married couples if they don't apply to the they don't apply to a PAX partnerships. UK civil partners only qualify for equal inheritance rights to a spouse where their civil partnership has been converted into uh, into marriage under Section 9 of the French Marriage Act of 2013. Therefore, under French law, a UK registered civil partner or PAX partner doesn't automatically benefit from the inheritance rights of a spouse in France. To protect his partner, John needs to make a will unless the notary advised them to use a tontine clause when they originally bought this property. Now, without a will, French intestacy rules will apply, and John's estate will pass to his closest blood relation. If that means kids from a previous relationship, his situation will get a whole lot messier very, very quickly. Margaret wants to know if she could have separate UK and French wills. Um, I suppose this goes back to something I, I, I touched on, on previously. The, the EU succession regulations govern the law that applies to an individual's estate. The, the default position is the law of habitual residence. For UK residents, UK law applies, but for immovable assets abroad, the law of the country where they are stipulates what happens. Now, French property is subject to French law, and a portion is therefore reserved for the children. So the surviving spouse cannot inherit absolutely. We can we, we can elect to use Brussels 4, as we described earlier, but, but following the changes France introduced in October 2021, children can claim their French entitlement on French assets if they don't receive it automatically, or if their deceased parent are EU nationals or residents. Now, where there is an election for UK law, the notary will require the grant of probate to confirm the executive's authority to deal with the assets it covers. If Margaret has a separate will which deals with the French assets and, and a grant of probate will not be required, but extra legal procedures will probably be necessary, which, as you would expect, will mean extra legal costs. In the absence of more thorough information, it may be appropriate to have a single UK will to cover worldwide assets. It would not need to be drafted um, so it, it, in such a way as it can be implemented in France, and it can include a separate clause for French assets. The grant of probate would then be relevant to all of Margaret's assets. Peter in Antibes wants to know if he can leave his French property to his second wife. Yeah, this is a, this is a common question which is, which is asked when there is a second marriage, but, but there are kids from previous relationships. Frequently, couples adopt a community universal marriage regime, which puts all the assets into this marriage regime, which means those assets become assets of the marriage, rather than belonging to either spouse. When the first spouse dies, the marriage ends, but the surviving spouse continues to own all the assets. But it's then, and it's a big but, this will disinherit the children of the deceased spouse, and the notary dealing with the succession has a legal obligation to inform those children and they have a right to object. Now, if Peter and his second wife have children together, rather than from a previous relationship, French law expects they will inherit their legal share when the surviving partner dies, so they may not object. However, if there are children from a previous relationship, and they will subsequently have no legal, legal right to inherit when their step-parent dies, and if they do, they face a 60% tax liability, I would uh, expect them to uh, have an objection to that arrangement. If the second situation applies to Peter, there isn't really a simple or cost-effective solution. He could investigate in restructuring the ownership of the property. He could obviously sell the property. 
by another, maybe in both names, and insert a taunting clause in the compromise devant, which will ensure the property passes to his spouse if he dies first. Peter's question really highlights an important point when you move to France or you buy a French property. You really need to get your ducks in a row. Make sure your affairs are appropriately arranged for living in France. Don't assume things are the same as they are in the UK. None of them are, and rearranging them can turn out to be very, very expensive. Susan, oh, and another Peter from London, want to know if they can leave their second home to their son. Again, this is, this is another question that could have multiple answers and when we dig a little deeper. If the son is Susan and Peter's son, the property will automatically pass to him when Peter and Susan die. A proportion will pass when the first parent dies and he will then receive the balance when the survivor dies. This would be the best way to maximise his French succession tax thresholds. So we would get €200,000 tax-free, 100000 when each parent passes. The situation will be a lot more complicated if the son has siblings because they have a legal right to inherit part of the property. If there are two children, they must inherit one-third of their deceased parent's asset and if there are three or more, they must equally share 75%. The situation we discussed in the previous question could also apply. So if the son is a stepson of the person who the property passes from, he will have a 60% succession tax liability. Again, another example of the need to plan in advance to successfully achieve your testimony wishes. Finally, various people ask questions about wills. So what are your top tips? <laughs> top tips, sir. Well, if, if you live in France and most of your assets are France, there really is no need, no need to create a, a detailed inventory. In fact, doing that can actually be counterproductive. A useful option is to declare you're dividing your estate between several named beneficiaries and state the proportion passing to each. They can then agree on who gets what, but the process in France is different. In the UK, a will names the executor or executors, and their duties include sharing assets between beneficiaries. In France, each beneficiary takes an active role, which means there's a greater chance, and I would say a far greater chance, for disagreement, and the administration of the estate can quickly become a complete nightmare. Anyone buying a property in France where a succession issue is applied previously will know exactly what I'm, what I'm saying here. So, Howard, my top tip is plan in advance. Your testimony wishes will then be achieved, tax will be minimised, and you will avoid family squabbles that can go on for potentially, uh, after the recent changes in France, for 30 years. So if you'd like to discuss your succession planning or explore how you can make your finances more user-friendly for life in France, speak to one of our Blevins Franks partners. Every initial meeting is complimentary and to arrange an appointment or a telephone call, call one of our French offices. The central telephone number is 0493-001780. That's 0493-001780. And if our Monaco office is more convenient... Or you want to call from the Monaco office or one of the partners at the Monaco office, the number here in Monaco is 97775574. That's 97775574. And finally, if you'd like to know more about Blevins Franks or you prefer to contact us via the internet, visit our website, which is www.blevinsfranks.com. Many thanks, Rob. This interactive conversation has been very interesting. <laughs> thanks very much, Howard. Have a great week. Look forward to speaking to you next week. Thank you. 
the Blevins Franks Report. If you would like more information on any of the topics discussed in this program, contact your local Blevins Franks office on 0493001780 or Riviera at BlevinsFranks.com. Focusing on the big picture. At Blevins Franks, our financial advisors take a holistic approach. We get to know our clients, your family situation and objectives, and our integrated advice covers tax and estate planning, savings and investments, and pensions. We aim to consolidate many of your assets, keeping things simple for you and your family and heirs. Get in touch with your local Blevins Franks advisors today. Visit BlevinsFranks.com. That's BlevinsFranks.com.